Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Christmas Day. Merry Christ Mass to you all. I did a podcast on the eve of today, and uh, it was a good one. We did it on the line. Um, we did it over Discord, which is a new program that I wasn't familiar with. You know, similar to Zoom, kind of like a, a messaging app uh, of sorts. Anyway, I had a discussion um, on there because, you ready? Because of COVID. Yes, I tested positive for COVID and I got a little shaky, um, had had a head cold, lost my taste and smell briefly, um, lost my appetite, lost like eight pounds. So overall, it was pretty good. Uh, just got out of quarantine today, but this is the quarantine podcast. I had on a lead singer in Amarillo for one of... Uh, well, I was going to say one of the best bands in Amarillo, but it's more of a solo project, I think. Or maybe it's become a band. I mean, I asked that question during the podcast. You can decide for yourselves. His name is Broderick. He is a lead singer of Vamping. Um, and I was going to say Mount Ivy was the previous band that we had spoken about. First time I saw him was at one session at WT. Him and a dude named Juan Duran. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Anyway, they killed it and... I instantly became a fan. Uh, dude has a killer voice. He's awesome. He recorded uh, two of his EPs in his bedroom and did all his own instruments. Super talented guy. It was a fun conversation. Had a great time. So please enjoy it and enjoy the holidays as well. I don't know what holidays are left out there. I think Hanukkah already ended. But, you know, Kwanzaa, that's a thing. Uh, New Year's, of course. Uh, Christmas. I hope you're listening to this on Christmas. You know, drinking a little, drinking a little liquor, maybe some eggnog, eating a turkey, opening gifts. Open this and enjoy. Thank you for listening. This is Holy Oak, the latest single released this year by Vamping. I'll put a link to it. Check it out. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Yeah. 
on a freezing morning with me on my back, so I must be getting close to holy oak. I was so sick, but I barely knew it. Sun was singing low, oh, that surely must be home. I'm holy because I feel like I don't upload enough, but when I do upload, I'm not, like, excited about it, you know? Like, I do the thing where, I, like, mm -hmm. I post a picture to Instagram, and then I, like, delete the app and try not to look at it. <laughs> Obligatory post. Yeah. Like, such a, such a burden, such a chore. Yeah, because then, <laughs> then I just, like, wait for all the likes, and then I just feel like a giant narcissist, you know? So it's, you, it's just... you come back to rake them in, <laughs> like to just <laughs> just bask in them for a moment. Oh no, this is a weird thing that happens in my brain as soon as I as soon as I post something on Instagram. I'm like, oh no, nobody look. Um, <laughs> I do that on Facebook. Like anytime I change a profile pic, I'm like, I don't want you to announce it Facebook. Just let me change it and don't tell anyone. But they tell everyone. They tell everyone, and everybody likes it. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I didn't want this to happen. But I guess it's cool. At the same time, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's kind of like if I had to like make an analogy for the way you just described using Instagram, it'd be like you grabbing a handful of bird seed and like throwing it into like a field, and then running away, and then coming yeah. back like a couple hours later and, and being, being like, surprised that yeah, there's like, birds there. I had no <laughs> idea you birds would even show up. Oh my gosh, birds! <laughs> Yes, I've created time. this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we should go ahead and get started. I suppose you know we're on a Let's good. Let's do it. We're on a good tangent. I am here with Broderick Adams. Correct. Correct. I remembered. Awesome. He is. See, I thought you were the lead singer of Vamping, but then I looked it up, and it's a solo project. Correct. Yes, okay. it's become this uh, weird thing. It's think about like Oregon Trail except backwards. Like it started as just me, like at the end of the Oregon Trail. And people came and back, and then from I the started dead. taking. Yeah, and as I went <laughs> back, you know, people became undead and added mm -hmm. into the project. So you know, like when you go on Oregon Trail, you start with a lot of people, and then you know, people die along the way. Yeah. But my story is quite—it's just the reverse Oregon Trail. It started with just me, and then I added members. Nice. Going back in time. 
That's cool. So um, I noticed on Facebook there's uh, four members. Yes. Okay. And I know. Yes, it's uh, my. I, I know all of them. I just don't know them. Like I, I recognize their faces. I think I've seen all of them at sure. Golden Light at one point or another. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty certain you have. I've got Juan Duran playing guitar. Uh, right now, Jeremy Knowles is playing kind of a dual role. He's typically the bass player, but he's been filling in on drums. And then we've got Wade Tosh on keys. And then our official drummer actually lives in El Paso. Um, his name's Zane Pasillas, and he plays drums. So we've got a weird member thing going on. Nice. So do you just send him um, like unfinished songs? And he's just like, cool, I'll add drums. Kind of, yeah. Um, so the way we did the most recent projects is I sent him like basically just like bare bones songs and then he he wrote drum parts and actually drove up and then we recorded them here um but i think in the future he, they've got like a recording space down there so i think we'll kind of go more with that that situation of him doing his own drums down there and just sending us tracks back that's legit i saw mm -hmm. um for one of the projects desert plants it said that you had moved to El Paso. Was that like a like a temporary thing, or was it just like a a trip you took? Uh, so I did move there. I lived there for a year, um, and that's actually when I met Zane. So when I moved to El Paso, I started the project, and then Desert Plants was kind of like the first thing with this project. And um, I was there, I believe, it was twenty sixteen through twenty seventeen. I just moved for a job and then just kind of started over uh, down there. And that's kind of where vamping was born. Nice. Well, how are the uh, the the vibes over there as far as like uh, the music scene? Was it, uh, was it similar to Amarillo? Was it better? Did it make you miss home? Uh, it's just different. The scene yeah. was really, really good. Um, like they actually had some some acts down there that were you know here in Amarillo there's not a lot of acts that are nationally recognized mm -hmm. they actually had like a hardcore scene where there were some bands in that hardcore scene that were like recognized on a national level so that was kind of cool that um cool. and then you know that it was really really diverse a lot less country but um yeah really diverse cool music everybody there seemed really cool like all the bands and people I met while I was down there seemed cool. Like they didn't have like a chip on their shoulder or anything weird like that. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of support for bands, obviously, you know, at the drive-in is from there. And they also, some of the members of that band own some pretty substantial, uh, venues down there. And so they were constantly bringing in some pretty good shows and also throwing locals on those shows. So it was really cool. That's what's up. And you could see Mexico from your house. So, I could. I That's actually could. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> kind of like Sarah Palin in Russia. <laughs> That's a major throwback. Exactly. We all remember 2008. I don't know. Does that sound right? No. That was after. Probably, 12. probably only millennials. I don't think Zoomers remember. They definitely don't. They, don't, they have no idea who Sarah Palin is. Boomers definitely remember. There was like a, there in... was like a weird thing where like sarah palin was like hot you know and people were like yeah. into her. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy times. No, I, I'd full on agree with that. Yeah. I definitely, I think, well, when, when was that high school for me? How old are you? I'm 26. So I, 20, I, I voted in, that, in that election, I'm pretty sure. It was like, it's like 2012. But yeah, I voted as a senior and I was like, oh, cool. My vote counts and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> Good times. So you definitely voted for Obama then? I did. I went, I went for Obama. <laughs> vote for with a winner you know nice yeah yeah i didn't i didn't know i mean anything. that was the, i mean i still don't know anything about politics but true. i had no idea what was happening i just he just seemed like a nice guy <laughs> <laughs> he won you round i did i did <laughs> classic um are we gonna say oh yeah el paso so you lived there for uh about a year did the uh job just not work out you came straight back there was uh stuff basically just family stuff came up mm. the job was fine that was going well uh we just had some like obligations and here in amarillo and then also like some family stuff that came up that was like we should probably be in amarillo you know just mm-hmm. helping with the family stuff so we moved back. Uh, when I say we, I mean my girlfriend and I, Taylor. <laughs> the mysterious we. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if you meant band members. Um, so that's cool. But uh, so were you just uh, kind of performing by yourself? Like, did you do any shows in El Paso? No shows. We had one scheduled. So I actually put together the first iteration of vamping in El Paso. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. So it was myself and Zane, of course. Zane was the first dude to jump on, and I worked with him, and that's how we met and started hanging out. And then um, his bass player in their metal project, Mondo Shawan, was like, oh, I like you guys. Like, I could jump in. Even though it wasn't like his his gig, you know? He was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'll play with you guys. And then we had a keyboard player that, is the keyboard player for a band called I'm Gonna Space on This, uh, part time. Um, and then I'm trying to think. I think that's, oh yeah. And then we had this guy named Jerry that we worked with. He mm. was a little older than us, a great like surf rock guitar player. That's um, what's up. So basically, like Murphy's Law happened. We had a, a one gig booked the whole time I was down there. And guitar player couldn't get off work. Bass player couldn't like had family stuff come up mm-hmm. and then keyboard player ghosted us. So Zane and, and it was in Las Cruces, which is like New Mexico. Yeah. Nice. Which it, it was only like 40 minutes from where I lived. And so we were just going to drive to Las Cruces and go play the show. And uh, Zane and I like, we were like, okay, should we just two piece it, you know, and just like drive up there and just two piece it. The more we thought about it, we're like, nah, I think we'll just stay in and just drink tall boys. Nice. Yeah. And so we stayed in and drink tall boys. That was the only show. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's interesting. So yeah. Um, one show in El Paso. I'd like that the way musicians work, you know, is you can be in like five bands at the same time and Mm -hmm. they, they don't even have to be like similar genres or just like, yeah, I do metal. And I do dream pop, and I do, you know, polka on Saturdays. Yeah, it's like, well, I could probably play polka. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I think you're cool. Let's do it. 
<laughs> but that's uh that's what your genre is considered well at least uh from what was posted on spotify is the uh the bedroom what was the term bedroom sound. called it like <laughs> i call it like bedroom pop because bedroom everything pop. was recorded in my bedroom at that time for desert plants and mm. the the next ep uh caves and hoodoos nice both it was all like mm-hmm those were both done like more like bedroom style, like me and a couple mics, just like recording everything, arranging everything, mm-hmm. mixing everything. So you did uh all the instruments on the on the EPs. On the EPs, yes. That's yep, exciting. Everything. Wow. And that's the that's pretty much how I did. That's pretty much what I used my time, like my extra time for in El Paso. Was you know obviously we weren't playing shows. I had a drummer that was down to do whatever, um, mm-hmm. but it was just like oh, I'll just work on music, like just record music and put it out there and see what happens. Well, that's awesome. So, um, what's the? Uh, can you tell like a, a big difference when it's recorded in a bedroom versus a, a studio? I mean, I guess a studio would obviously sound like cleaner, but it doesn't sound like rough. Um, in the in the bedroom recordings you know like it sounds like if you said yeah it was in a studio i would just assume it was in a studio well that's a huge compliment i appreciate oh. <laughs> that uh typically i can um but i've been working on like audio stuff since i was like 15 i will say like from back then till now like the amount of technology that's out there for people mm-hmm. it's starting to blur the lines between studio and like home recording because the tools available these days are so, so much more advanced than what, you know, I had whenever I was 15 on like a computer that I built Mm -hmm. using like a crappy interface and pro or uh, fruity loops. So now like, it'd be hard to tell because of all the tools that like musicians have to use at home. Like, it's definitely getting easier to record your own music at home. Yeah, for sure. And it just, you got to watch a couple YouTube tutorials and you're you're an expert. It's pretty crazy. Off to the races. Yeah. It's kind of like I went and got a degree when I could have just YouTubed my whole whole college degree, you know? (laughs) Everything. Saved like $20,000. But yeah. That's how it'd be. A sick plaque. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you were previously uh the first time I saw you, that was probably like uh twenty around twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Maybe a little maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, in that area. Um, and you were doing the one sessions at uh WT as Mount Ivy. Um mm-hmm. So what's, uh, I guess, Mount Ivy, it was you and Juan, correct? At least it was for the one session. I don't know if you had a bigger outfit yeah, at that point. Yeah, it, well, it was definitely Juan and I, and we also had Topher Patch on bass and Sidney Busby playing, like, Cajon. Mm. Uh, it was like, a, that was the band at that time, and we just did, like, a really stripped-back version versus what we would typically do for that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that studio was really that was my first time like ever seeing that and i was like a a mass call major at wt and i had like that's the first one session i ever went to and it was pretty awesome it was it was a lot of fun i literally liked uh it was the, so funny the vi- <laughs> the vibes are great in that room you guys you guys sounded beautiful 
The vibes were really good. They had us provide some details. They asked like what we wanted set design to be like. And I think they expected us to have a really, really like honed in answer. And we were like, just plants, like just put some plants in there. Nice. And, <laughs> and they were like, okay, cool. We'll put some plants. Um, how about food? And one of us said sushi and one of us said pizza. It's a good and, combo. <laughs> dude, yeah, really good combo, especially together. Especially if you're and, high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because at that point, it's just kind of like your garbage disposal. Like, yeah, let's just put everything in, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's all great. But they were like, okay, pizza or sushi. And we were like, pizza and sushi? <laughs> and they they said... Yeah, I think we can make that happen. Nice. So that's what happened. Beautiful. That's a good one. I, uh, I'm i a fan of sushi. I went and got a... Uh, I was in Albuquerque, and they had something called a sushi burrito. And I was like really excited I... to try it out. But it was just a really big piece of sushi, you know? But I, I don't know what I expected. I expected... So, I don't... I expected something like spectacular. And... I was just like, oh, this is just one, like, giant sushi roll, which is obvious. Huge. Like, I should have expected that, but. <laughs> but yeah, but like, I was, forearm size sushi I roll. Was, I was just ready to be, like, surprised or, like, shocked or, like, <laughs> you know, have, like, a new flavor added to my palate of life. But no, it was just a big piece of sushi. Um, I, I always the... think that I would like it. I haven't had a sushi burrito. It's so to me, it's just a legend, you know. Mm, that's how it was for uh, me. It, you might, you might be disappointed when you try it. So, don't, don't get your hopes maybe up. Maybe I high. won't. <laughs> I, but when I eat sushi, I'm always like, man, I'd really like some more sushi. Yeah, but it, I could see where you're coming from. Like maybe it's just like that's where the line is, where it's too much sushi. Yeah, it's it's fun when it's bite sized. Like. <laughs> everything's locked into that one bite but when you're biting into a burrito i guess you could only get like half of the flavors mm -hmm. or just only rice in some bites yeah absolutely it's uh it's different but yeah sushi <laughs> it's out there um as i gonna say back to uh mount ivy so uh how long were was that a band and what I guess kind of caused it to become uh, vamping. So, Mount Ivy was a band. Gosh, I think it was 20, maybe like end of 2012. And then till like 2016 ish. Um, it kind of started the same way as vamping. A lot of the songs that we played, especially on the first record. I had kind of written and arranged on my own, mm -hmm. but we actually did take them to the band and like workshop them as I put members together. And then everything went well for like, like a long time. We had some member changes. I don't know. The only one, and I have talked about this. Um, the only way I can describe it is, do you know a person or a thing that is just so chaotic that somehow it just stays together, but there's like no way to tell like why it stayed together because it was so chaotic and like there's no reason it should work, but it just does. Mm -hmm. Like we had so many like weird 
things in the band, like friendships and relationships in the band that were like kind of chaotic. And like, if some, like an outsider came in and looked at everything, they'd, they'd be like, yeah, you guys all need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I don't know. It held, I guess it just held together through the power of rock and roll and bully crunch and, and stuff like that. I don't know. Beautiful. So yeah, <laughs> organized chaos. But at some point it just like, you know, couldn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Just so like we all just went our own ways. It yeah, happens, it was a yeah. trip. I get I get sad when bands break up, but then they always like they find a way to reform with with certain members. Um who was it? I don't know if how uh how deep you are into the, the Amarillo scene, but uh there's a band called uh Lake Dads. Have you have you heard of have you heard of those guys? Those cats. Oh yeah. 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 So they they broke up and then there was smooth taste and they were all kind of like friends together. And then both of them like ended like around the same time. And I was like super sad, but like they're all like great artists and they're doing like solo stuff. So it's like, they're still, they're still around, but at the same time I, I miss them as a, as an outfit. Life is tough as a, I do too. As a, as a bystander. <laughs> I don't play any instruments. <laughs> I just, I just enjoy them. It's hard, yeah. It's hard to watch a band that you like break up, especially if it's like a local band that you like that mm-hmm. you would, you know, attend most of their shows. And there's this energy that you expect, and like, at some point, it doesn't really matter whether you intend to or not. You start to take that for granted, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll be at the next show, and I'll be absorbing all that energy again. And it's like a great feeling, and then one day it's just gone, and you you don't know what to do. You know, yeah, exactly. It's, it's rough. It's rough. Absolutely, absolutely. So then, uh, how how long after uh, Mount Ivy kind of separated did uh, did vamping emerge? And also, what is the uh, the verb uh, to vamp? What is uh, where did that originate? That's a good question <laughs> that you've unlocked the secret lexicon of the name of the band. So um, let's see, Mount Ivy broke up. What basically when I moved to El Paso, that's when we officially called it quits. Oh. It was already pretty unstable before then. Mm-hmm. Um, so like towards 2016 ish moved to El Paso. I started working on songs probably within a month. Yeah. So you wasted basically um, no time. That's cool. Yeah. I had, t- well, probably like 15-ish songs recorded um, within a couple months of being in El Paso. And then I narrowed it down to 10, which are the 10 that are on Desert Plants, and put those out. Just like, didn't really like do a lot of promoting. Like I kind of posted here and there about it, but just mm-hmm. kind of put it out there. Um, the name Vamping just made me laugh. I'll, I'll look up the actual definition, but I remember there was something on Spotify where like they used to do this thing where they would in their algorithm, they would pick words to describe music. And then all the bands that shared these characteristics 
would kind of be lumped in together on playlists and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like looking through some of these terms and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like reverb guitars. And then like just going through, there's a lot of normal things, you know, clean vocals. Uh, what is it? Uh, surf beats. And then like at the end of the list, it said extensive vamping. And I was like, what, what is extensive vamping? <laughs> Let me see. That is a great, so basically, great va- band name. Vamping is when you re- like repeat a phrase over and over. Mm. Um, it's really common in jazz, but also like the type of music that I make, like it's pretty common too. To just like, if you create like a beautiful section, to just repeat it over and over, and it kind of, I don't know. I don't think of it so mechanically when I'm writing the music. Yeah, yeah. But that's the like you know super cold calculated corporate answer for what vamping is vamp it out <laughs> vamp it out yeah. real vamp facts. so i just i thought it was hilarious that they like took such a cold calculated mm-hmm. like approach to uh making an algorithm for music and pairing bands together and so i just thought it was really funny so i was just like i'm just gonna call my band vamping that is cool. I thought it would be vampire related. So, like, yeah, like the act of hunting vampires. It, that, <laughs> it would have been better for branding for sure because it's like unless I'm doing an all over print of what I just said to you of like vamping, <laughs> extensive vamping is a term used in music. Like it's just not good for branding. Vamping in regards to vampires would have been a way better branding choice. Yeah, you could could have fangs and just, you know, weird, weird vampire symbols, you know, all black, some eyeliner. Good work. You can still do it, you know? Just drop one vampire project. Yeah. One vampire project. I could do that. (laughs) Hit up Hot Topic and just uh, buy some trip pants. Absolutely. Go full on. Get like a casket you rise out of. I'm I'm just going to consult you for the next live <laughs> performance, and you could just help me do set design and yeah. <laughs> general badassery. Keep it keep it dreamy though, just to throw people off. Just be like this doesn't sound anything like his, his his vampire look, you know. I could do like yeah. Well, maybe we could even get weirder. Like I'm in a dress, but I'm in full like vampire makeup. With vampire mm. teeth, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of cross cross some boundaries there, and just possibilities see what endless. happens, you know. Absolutely, and you did um, have a single this year, Holy Oak. I'm saying that, yeah, yeah. So um, that song, I like the energy on that one. It's a little more, uh, I guess, upbeat, kind of than your previous projects. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting. I like it a lot. Um, it makes me want to hear more, you know, like, uh, kind of wish it was part of a project. Is, is there, is there more in the, uh, tunnels, not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? Pipeline. Is there more, uh, more music in the pipeline for, uh, I guess 20, 2021? Uh, yes. For 2021. Absolutely. I mean, uh, if I had to describe it one way, we, t- 
there's a lot in the pipeline but it's just all bunched up at the back end right now mm-hmm. like we need somebody with super lungs to just blow all that stuff out of a hose um i'm just gonna keep hitting you with these analogies till i get you to crack that's a beautiful uh, analogy <laughs> uh, super lungs. but yes yeah, so on that project we recorded that with the last drummer of Mount Ivy, John Rubin. John Rubin recorded Holyoke with us and four other tracks that are like, basically I just need to mix them. Mm-hmm. I had mixed them previously and I decided to go a different direction on the mixes. Um, and then we have a project with Zane that we recorded a few months after that project. Um, so there's actually two EPs basically just floating in space right now. Um, we're looking to start pushing out the Zane EP first because I really like the direction of the mixes on that EP. Mm -hmm. So we'll be seeing that and it's a little bit different from the Holyoke energy, but in the more distant future, there will be more songs like Holyoke out there. The ones that we did with John kind of are in that vein of more upbeat. Mm -hmm. So that's cool that's what's up so, a lot to look forward to um you mentioned that you play played all the instruments how many instruments can you uh perform on or do well i guess is the right right way to put that <laughs> so on holyoke that was actually the first one where it was like a full band thing like we actually had everyone playing their instrument mm-hmm. um as far as me i would say i can sing okay and then i can play guitar pretty well and then everything else i'm like eh like below average at Mm. like with time you know i can sit there on a keyboard and write a cool part but it's not like i'm just like pushing them out all day like it actually takes me some time and some focus to like work on keyboard and get a really good take but guitars guitar and singing comes more naturally so that's what's up yeah, you have a like a really unique voice. I, I like it a lot. It's it's a great sound. I don't um off the top of my head, you pro- you could probably name some people, but I don't know really any bands that kind of have that same kind of like vocals that you that you have that that kind of like dreamy. Like it just when when I hear your music, it just kind of like makes me feel good. You know what I mean? So that's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bands that kind of do that style, but I haven't really, like, I didn't have anybody specifically that I was like, oh, I'm going to model my voice after this. Mm -hmm. I kind of, like, just really sucked at singing at 15 years old, and I had, like, some people around that time that were like, dude, you're tone deaf. (laughs) And that happened so much through my teens that I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get, like, pretty good at singing, so one day... Like and be like, yeah, I wasn't tone deaf to those people on MySpace. <laughs> nice. So it was just uh, kind of like I'm gonna prove you wrong. Type energy. Yeah, it definitely threw threw some fuel in the fire. So, um, but yeah, I didn't really like try to model my singing after anybody. It mm-hmm. was just kind of like trying different things until I I like was okay with how i was singing basically like i knew i sucked when i was 15 mm-hmm. um so it was just like what can i do to just get better from that time you know sing better and just well and yeah the music i made back then was super bad 
<laughs> it's like so bad. It's understandable uh, at 15. Yeah. If I dig some up, I will send it to you. I've been trying to find it. I know there's a few CDs floating around out there. Nice. Very exciting. But it's bad. <laughs> so what did you, um, how did, how were you practicing singing? Was it just, uh, in your room, just going over, just trying to hit notes or what, um, did you take lessons from anyone? Um, so I never took lessons from anyone. It was a lot of sitting in my room, like pro, like when I was 15, a lot of my friends were like, you know, wind up partying, played sports or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just want to go home and like learn how to do music. And so I'd literally just like get home, maybe do my homework and then just like make music for like all of the hours I had left until I needed to go to bed till for school, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of just like, okay, I'm going to write like a song or like a piece of a song. I'm going to sing over it and then I'm going to listen to it and then try to figure out what I could do better. And then like over the years, just like picking up different tips from people. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucator definitely gave me some really good warm up tips, which have been used like more recently. But before that, it was a lot of just, like, playing a piano and, like, singing scales on the piano, Um, which I don't have, like, a lot of background in music theory besides playing trumpet. But as far as, like, the instruments I play now, Mm -hmm. like, I I can play a scale because I know what the scale sounds like. Um, But I don't, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you, like, oh, this is the, uh, you know, this is the diatonic uh, mode of this and... Which is totally going to get me ripped on by any serious musicians because that's probably not even a thing. Uh, but yeah, I I, don't know. <laughs> I remember doing scales in high school and I would just sing with sing with the piano, like based on those scales and stuff like that. Um, that definitely helped pitch. So that's legit. Yeah, I've known uh, Luke for a while. He was on my podcast, and he he threw mm-hmm. out a lot of terms I've never heard of before, and I I felt like I kind of like. Uh, disappointed him with how little I had, <laughs> how little I knew about music. He was just like going off and like naming bands and using all these terms, and I was just like, I don't know, man. I don't. <laughs> I, just, I just thought you sounded cool. <laughs> it's different too. Like I feel like you with music, like it'd be the same thing. Like if I tried to talk to you about comedy, like you could tell me terms in comedy that are less known to me, you know, because you do comedy and yeah, I mean, it's a huge part of your life and one there, of your passions. There's a handful of things, but there's not really uh well, I guess there, there could be a science, but it's not, it's not the same as, uh, you know, scales and, and pitch and tone yeah. and all those. But all there's those definitely like things. a format in terms for when to do things and like things like that. Like mm-hmm. you'd be more versed in, the arrangement of a of like a performance or like a set yeah i suppose but then there's also comedy that is just wild and random and follows no rules at all so i guess you could say that for music as well yeah i don't know life is art is can be Mm -hmm. whatever you want it to be (laughs) true um that's true true that's cool so were you playing um like a lot of instruments as a kid 
were you always like just drawn to music even like at a i guess before 15 were you in um like the school band and things like that i was i played trumpet for like 12 years nice i was i was pretty average at it there were like a few i had a few good years where i applied myself and did pretty well at playing trumpet but I got kind of bored with playing other people's music. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's been something that I've carried with me through like most of my life. There's been very few covers that I've ever done because I'm just like all about writing music. Well, it's really hard to do someone justice mm-hmm. uh, for their original piece. Um, but I did grow up in a fairly musical family. Like my grandpa played guitar and sang in like an old school, I'd say like a golden age country band. That's and then, um, so I was just around a lot of music growing up mm-hmm. and uh, picked up guitar at like 10, hated it, and then picked it back up at 13 and finally was like ready to start playing guitar. Um, and that's pretty much where everything changed. Like once I picked up guitar and really gave it a shot, like it, I haven't put it down since. So that's what's up. You uh, said so you don't do covers often, which I, that's interesting to me because there's so many, um, I guess local bands that just have, I can just do like two or three hours of covers, mm-hmm. and you know you see those guys out all the time. But uh, what are some like covers that you've done that uh i guess you were proud of or that you think you'd covered well some covers okay uh so my approach to covers has always been is it unexpected and can i do this cover with no intention of trying to do it well Mm. those have been my two approaches to covers um Like, well, in the sense that it's, like, a good representation of the song. Um, The only covers that I've done, like, with a band were with Mount Ivy. We did two covers. The first... Okay, two and, like, one sixteenth cover. So, we did a full band version of Shares Believe. Oh, that's exciting. Like, full-on auto-tune voice. Like, I... I have the voice. I don't know if you ever saw the full. Did you ever see full band Mountain Ivy? I didn't. I only that one sessions was all was all I saw. Okay, so full band Mount Ivy was like completely different. Like you saw Mount Ivy in like the purest, mm-hmm. like like um probably the most pretty form. Uh, but the other side of Mount Ivy was pretty chaotic and just goofy like the live mm-hmm. live stuff. But I had this voice box that I would use for our performances where I would like pitch shift my voice down to talk to the audience like almost always. And I like it has like auto-tune features which I never really messed with except for the share cover. So we did that. And then like um we played a festival for uh PBS like um like they did like a PBS show at uh, Memorial Park. And the stipulation was, since it was like 
their anniversary that everyone there had to cover. Um, gosh, what is the name of that song, George? I'm I'm spacing right now, but it's like, I guess it would be nice. I don't know. Every band had to cover the same song. Yeah, uh, George Michael, uh, George Michael Faith. So they said, okay, everyone has to cover this song. And like, I don't like that song very much. And so what we came up with is we're just going to like start because it just starts with a guitar. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do a drum fill into Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. So we ended up doing a full classic like the full version of the song like we didn't just do like the first verse and chorus it was the full song bridge everything so did they appreciate it yes like the the young (laughs) okay there was like it kind of divided the crowd a little bit uh like some of the older people were kind of mad all the young people were super stoked because they thought it was hilarious that's funny and then like the older like musicians, like the people we look up to, like for their playing and things like that, they actually thought it was pretty funny. Um, so it was, I, in my opinion, it's a win-win. Like we made the right the right parties mad and mm. the right parties happy. Yeah, I, I was fine with the outcome. I I like that. I've always it's, <laughs> it's always been like a common theme with my podcast is I've always said fuck old people. Like if you're over sixty. I don't respect you. I've always said that. Um, and that's why I spread COVID. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I did just I did just get COVID. So uh, the Discord thing was a great idea. Shout out to you. Because um, I'm, I'm over it. I'm out of quarantine tomorrow. So, um, But my girlfriend just lost her, her taste and smell uh, like four Ooh. days ago. So, But she also doesn't have any other side effects, which is kind of rude. I think. Um, but you said your girlfriend had it twice already? Yes. And That's it crazy. was horrible. Like, absolutely horrible. Both times? Um, so, I'm, uh, the first time was really, really bad. The second time, not as bad. Not not very bad. Pretty mild. That's good. Did but, she, yeah, did I'm she glad have any, uh... your girlfriend doesn't doesn't have it bad. Yeah, no, she she barely got it at all. Um, I, I had like a head cold and, and, uh, what's it called? Shivers. That's not the term. <laughs> Were you like co- chills? Chills. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. I had chills really bad, but I never like really had any, um, issues breathing. Um, aside mm-hmm. from having like a congestion. So was, was your girlfriend having issues? Uh, did she have to like go to the hospital or anything like that? Uh, she had to do breathing treatments. Um, she did have to go to urgent care a few times, um, which she already has like asthma and stuff. So it didn't help. That's for sure. Yeah, that's it was it was pretty rough. Like the whole thing, basically all the worst mm-hmm. uh, symptoms. She had it all. So, and you were able to avoid it. Yeah, like through a uh, perseverance just a lot of like we would wear masks in the house and like like anytime we're in a common area wear masks anytime i was handling dishes i was wearing gloves like Mm -hmm. lots of disinfectant like gallons of disinfectant not really gallons but you know yeah no that's smart just all the precautions Mm -hmm. anything that had to be shared like we just make sure it was disinfected and 
you know, basically yeah. just stuck in my room. That's crazy. She got it twice. Cause I've heard people say like, Oh, once you get it, you can't get it again. And I never like knew if that was true or people were just talking out of their ass. Um, you can't, I mean, it's a virus. It's reoccurring. Yeah. So Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like when people say that to me, I'm like, have you ever had strep before? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. Like tons of times through my life. And I'm like, yeah, you can have strep again mm-hmm. because it's a virus. Like it's recurring. Yeah, makes like, sense. It's called coronavirus. <laughs> you can have it more than once. Makes sense when you put it that way. Oh man, that is crazy. I think they've already given out like a like a million vaccines, some something like that. Yeah. So I was just listening to some news source say that it's crazy. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna grow a tail. Yeah, I don't know when it when does it when does it get to us common folk? Is it <laughs> uh, April? <laughs> we're like we're like third wave February March ish, I think, in our area. Mm. I think it varies based on the severity of the area, but I think in Texas they're trying to get it pushed out mm-hmm. um, by February or March, from what I was reading. Dude, I just want to get it over with and just grow my tail. Get bells. Palsy. Have a lucrative life as a yeah. Twitch streamer, you know. I hope it's a big tail, you know. Be kind of disappointing if it's uh, just a little, a little stub. I keep thinking it's going to be like a fleshy rat tail. If you get a tail, you have to start an OnlyFans. I, think. I will. <laughs> I will. Because people would, people would just pay out of curiosity. They're like, I'm not even, you know, interested sexually, but just I just want to see that tail. <laughs> and then it they're like, you know what? I am I interested sexually. After I saw the tail, I changed my, changed my whole view. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, maybe many people would probably approach out of curiosity mm-hmm. and maybe be left with some confusing sexual feelings towards yeah. tales on humans. So and then you I got don't a, know. like a whole new loyal fan base on top of uh, on top of the music. You're like, oh, also come watch me wag my tail. You know, it's like a little sideshow thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not only am I yes. a vampire sometimes who cross dresses, but I also have a tail. And it's just like mm-hmm. you know, it's like a then variety show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My only fans would be like the new age freak show. We could bring like classic circus freak shows to the zoomers. Those should those new do need to come back. I haven't seen I've never been able to see one. I saw, uh, they have, like, old pictures of, like, uh, like, the world's fattest human from, like, 1930, and it's just, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, someone who's, like, 350, you know, <laughs> just, it's just, like, a standard American in 2020, it's super funny. That's hilarious, yeah, I wonder, like, how the psychology changed so much to where like back then people are like, yeah, I'm like the fattest dude. Like I'll go be in this freak show, you know? Yeah. They were... Now I don't know if it's, are we just too self-aware? What is it, man? I don't know. It's, it <laughs> seems like they just, they just picked up anything and they're like, you can be in the freak show. I feel like we've already like, we've already seen everything, you know? So no, I don't, I don't know what would be shocking at this point true that's probably a big <laughs> part of it like back then that was you know yeah. you may have only seen a 350 pound person in a picture so seeing it in real life may have been like 
pretty life changing. Yeah, but now, like, if we could just Google 350 pounds, you know. Yeah, we got we got bearded ladies everywhere, so. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too True. shocking. <laughs> it's a lot more accessible than it was. Um, yeah. I think the only way to ever have that again is to start a colony, like buy an island, start a colony, remove all technology from that colony. Mm. It's like a social experiment. And just yeah. raise a bunch like a community of humans out there mm-hmm. and just see what happens. Yeah. Probably similar to the art like us. Like somebody did that and that's why we're here. Yeah. I was I was I was thinking about Jim Jones, but yeah, that the other type of colony yeah, that too. It'd, <laughs> it'd be pretty Jim Jones esque now that I think about it. As long as you're as long as he's you know, you're chill about it when you start a cold, it's fine. As long as you're chill about it, that's yeah. like ground rules. Chill cult. <laughs> chill cult. If I ever start a band, that's the, <laughs> that's the it's, name. It's actually a pretty solid band name. Chill cult. Oh man, I'm excited. I gotta go learn instruments. <laughs> you could do it. You have there's more resources now. It's true. Than there ever have been before. Absolutely. I'll just look it up as I do with everything. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, a first axe guitar I got for Christmas in like uh, elementary school. And I was going to try to learn how to play uh, like the first song was like Hot Cross Buns or Mary Had a Little Lamb or something. And Score. then like, I immediately. B- both I, absolute bangers. <laughs> I just like immediately broke a string and I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do now. And then I never touched it again. That's pretty disappointing. Same thing with skateboarding. I'm, uh, I was not a committed child. So, but you know, the future. Who knows what the future holds? You might, yeah, you might perform an act of commitment mm-hmm. and stick to something. Yeah, I've I've always thought it'd be like a cool thing to be like a, like a comedian with an acoustic guitar. You know, because America needs mm-hmm. more of those. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and there's only, I mean, there's only a few people that have done it really well. Yeah, that's it's, true. I feel like it's kind of a tough gig being a comedian with guitar. It is, because you also have like, to be like a talented musician at the same time. Unless you're doing it ironically. Name? Oh, now there's I'm... one dude, Nick Thune. Do you know Nick Thune? Oh, I'm yeah. sure you do. He's hilarious. I like that guy a lot. He does guitar. I know one of his albums. Yeah, one yeah. of his albums was, um, I think, primarily guitar and and comedy mixed together, but in a unique way. He was just kind of playing like folk riffs and telling stories over it. That's what's up. Um, I was trying to think. Uh, Dimitri Martin. I don't. He, yeah, absolutely. He, he's amazing. Um, I can't think of this other guy who would like kind of like scream. I don't remember. I'll think of it. I'll think of it later when I'm, when we're not on a podcast. But yeah, very few, very few great ones. Uh, Bo Burnham Bo didn't Burnham. he do some guitar, or was it mainly piano? I feel like he had to do guitar. I can't think of any guitar in, off the top of my head right now. But I mean, he he did a lot. So <laughs> yeah, that guy's a legend. I think he's. Last time I saw, he was like direct. I think he directed a movie, 
it's called like third grade or something um oh that was him that directed that i never knew that i never watched it it tracks it tracks Uh, (laughs) i didn't watch it but i remember seeing the the trailer and i was like okay all right (laughs) yeah so uh how you how you been staying busy in 2020 2020 yeah i've been playing some some video games very nice uh writing a little bit working mostly mixing those projects i was telling you about mm-hmm. um i don't know just a lot of video games yeah <laughs> honestly as, as the major. motivation uh stayed during uh you know the whole pandemic um, and civil unrest <laughs> etc <cetera, True>. etc <laughs> true have you have you felt the uh this the create the creativity because i know uh just for me personally um since uh since the pandemic hit i mean since everything kind of just went to shit at the same time um you know there was a period where it was just like i wasn't writing at all like i wasn't doing anything creative i was just kind of like chilling you know like <laughs> i was just sitting at home no not knowing what to do <laughs> watch a lot yeah, of movies no 100 percent, man it, i think it kind of goes into a psychology thing for creatives you know comedy is the same way mm-hmm. especially if you do more observational comedy like if you're not observing unique situations in your everyday life like it's hard to have things rolling around in your head if you're staring at the same four four walls i kind of went through a similar thing like for the beginning of 2020 i didn't write like any music Mm -hmm. at all like i just wasn't feeling very creative Mm -hmm. i think it's just the lack of outside like external stimulation yeah that's very from like being out and being in different situations when uh everything had shut down initially i think it was around like april um, I did a, I did a zoom open mic and it was just like the worst material I've ever written in my life. <laughs> it was all just like pandemic related. And then I've like, as soon as I got done and it was just, I mean, zoom mics are awkward as hell just because you need an audience to do comedy. Otherwise you're just, I mean, you don't, there's no reason to do it. Um, and it was just, it was just me and like 15 other people who were just waiting to to do jokes and yeah it was super awkward super weird all my material was terrible uh and then like as soon as i got done i was just like why did i do that i don't ever want to do that again and yeah then i just never i couldn't even imagine (laughs) i never i'm never gonna do another zoom mic um so yeah i just waited till i was like i'm just gonna have to wait till stuff opens because that was the worst two hours of my life (laughs) dude see i couldn't even yeah Oh my gosh, like no feedback. Like you don't have any real-time feedback. Nobody heckling, nobody letting you know that you're doing a good job. It's just like you staring into your phone or yeah. computer just like telling jokes. It makes you miss Super heckling. awkward. Like when you when you have no audience, you're just like, man, those times I got heckled were great. I would go back to that in a heartbeat. <laughs> True. I would love to argue with someone right now. <laughs> And now that you've been in a room for 
yeah. uh, the past eight months, just like seething on all the times you were heckled, like you're gonna come out like sharp as hell, like a like a machete, ready to just like chop down some fools. Yeah, eventually, <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> just takes time, and then it's uh, it's also like the the time away from the stage, like you can feel it and you can notice it, like. I did uh, I did an outdoor show at Zombies. It was like the very first one back in like July. It was like the bars opened for like three weeks and then shut down immediately. But that mm-hmm. was that was super weird and tough. And then um Yeah, it's just like if you don't if you don't work that muscle out, it, it atrophies immediately. And that's I don't know if that works the same for musicians, but it it's a hundred percent what happens in comedy and you just feel like you're starting over again. Mm-hmm. It does. It does to an extent, especially playing in a band. Like if you don't practice for like several weeks and you get back together, it sounds horrible. Mm. Like you're not, even, nobody's in the pocket together. You've got to like reestablish that chemistry. Like it, it may, there may be inklings of it there, but like, it's not as polished as it once was, you know? Yeah, for sure. See, that's, it's harder for me to notice with musicians. Cause like I don't even notice when like they'll they'll mess up on a note. I'm just be like, oh, they all sound cool. They, and then <laughs> musicians can just like not know each other at all. Like I've see I see that thing in movies where there's always like like in Back to the Future or like any movie where some guy just hops on stage and he's just like, follow my lead. And then everyone's like, fuck yeah, dude, we got it. And I'm I'm always just like, how does that even happen? You know, like how does I don't know, but. It's impre- it's it seems incredible. <laughs> yeah. Ah, music's a universal language. Something that if you have enough music knowledge you could go up with anyone and mm-hmm. like share that experience. That's like one of the coolest things about music. That is cool. I feel like comedy is the same way, but it's so hard to find people that are on your wavelength with comedy. There's so many different types of comedians. So it'd be you'd have to be more selective. Yeah. And Amarillo uh is kind of in a in a dead place right now when it comes to comedy uh we the the scene was building pretty steady up and right up until mm-hmm. march and then uh yeah like uh we had probably 10 comedians and most of them all of them except for about two three of them are just like uh you know taking a hiatus until further notice mm-hmm. so now it's just like the only time that a show can happen is if uh as if somebody's touring through or I could just do right. a one man show, which I don't want to do. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a, it's a struggle these days, but it, I mean, it has to pick up eventually True. or I guess it doesn't, you know, everything yeah. could get worse. It's always possible too. So we'll see what 2021 holds. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, yeah. It'll be contingent on, yeah, the cases around here, the way the rest of the country responds. Because, I mean, even our local scene semi depends on the country acting as normal, you know, mm-hmm. like to exist in that capacity for comedy again. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, a lot of, uh, of the scene and comedy depended on, depended on people touring through either on their way to Denver, on their way to Austin, you know, we were, we were just the middle point Mm -hmm. 
and people would be like, hey, can we do a show? And, you know, that's that's basically just how we got anyone to come out. <laughs> right. So, yeah. It's a, it's a weird time. But, yeah, we'll see if what I happens. I was a comedian right now, and I couldn't do shows, I'd probably just start doing, like, sketch comedy or, like, video comedy. Like, not, like, video comedy, like, setting a camera in the corner of your room and doing a bit, but mm-hmm. like, you know, just making funny videos. Yeah. Cracking sketches, some funny, funny videos. I need to get into that. I need to get into the TikToks. TikToks. I initially was a total boomer about TikTok. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so dumb. Like Vine was better. But if you True. actually like dive into TikTok, there's actually some pretty cool stuff there. Like, and some creative, unique stuff. Yeah, I know there is. I haven't gotten into TikTok. It, I know, like, most of what I see on TikTok is just, like, people doing voiceovers. Voiceovers or, yeah. like, the, the trending <laughs> dances. Yeah. It's, like... Weird uh, challenges. That whole generation has their own unique dance moves now because of TikTok and because of Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Um, True. <laughs> It's weird stuff. There's, yeah, a lot. I mean, I would say a good portion of it is that, but there's still like other cool stuff. Like people make these super condensed, like how to do or how to videos on mm-hmm. like different things. Like this one guy was like, I'm going to show you how to change your air filter for inside of your car. And he's like, I bet you didn't know you even had one of these. And he like pulls out the air filter and he's like, Hey, you should change this if you have weak flow in your air conditioner. Hmm. (laughs) like there's like some informative stuff and then there's just some hilarious content that's kind of more in the vein of like vine how vine was which was like our glory days i'd say Mm -hmm. of comedy vine was fantastic Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of the same stuff on vine like dance challenges and stuff that we even thought was stupid back then so it's kind of like the same thing Mm -hmm. i also I didn't even like really give Vine the credit it deserved until it was gone. So hmm. I'll probably do this. Like I'll pick up TikTok like as soon as it gets banned from the country. <laughs> so be like, it actually was cool. <laughs> yeah, get into it now. I mean, see what happens. Have some fun with it. Get some LOLs. Yeah, I heard that. Um, the way the algorithm works is that they want you to keep making content. So like your first video like almost goes viral like is that have you made any any videos on there no i'm just a lurker right now nice. i've been trying to think of like what i would want to do on there if mm-hmm. i did anything because yeah, right I've, now i'm just a lurker i kind of want to see if that's the case because I've, I've heard several people being like oh yeah i uploaded my first video and i got like 10 million whatever views looks sites i don't know what they what their terms are called <laughs> Yeah, they do like plays and then you get likes and then there's comments. It's just like everything else. It's Is it it's uh, probably views. Is advertising a thing on there yet? There's I don't run into I don't know. I guess a lot of people do like sponsored mm-hmm. TikTok stuff like where they'll post a product and things like that. Just like Vine. Yeah. I don't when I'm scrolling through, I don't remember there being like big advertisement on there mm. right now. Like every other video is an advertisement. I don't. That's what I I miss like the uh, 
the purism of what YouTube used to be before it became like this big corporate entity, you know, when it was just when it was just people uploading funny clips of themselves. But now it's just like, you know, subscribe to this channel that we have oh, yeah. we have directors and writers and we have our own station and YouTube Red and I don't know. There's just it's Full just on. it's become a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough. And the things I don't know because I've been wanting to get into streaming and putting up videos, mm-hmm. but there's just that one part that I just can't like wrap my head around for like the people that do get big in the algorithm, like the whole thumbnail game, and then like. You know, like, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. Like, I just can't see myself getting into that, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, wholeheartedly. Like, I feel like a piece of me would die every time I did that on a video. Even if it was just a clip that I pre-recorded and put at the beginning of a video. It would kill me. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little different. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You're gonna, you're gonna make some... Uh... I guess you could... Uh, you know, just put some music on TikTok, like original music. I don't know if people do that. They probably they do. have to, right? Yeah, that's cool. Make uh, there's a, a lot of original music on there. A lot of people just sing over songs, though. So. Mm-hmm. You can make a like a fun vamping skit. Mm-hmm. That would pretty much be for a musician. That's pretty much the way to do it. Is try to get your song with a video. That's like, you know, the song's catchy. Whatever's mm-hmm. happening on the video is infectious, kind of thing. Like, for people to kind of associate that image with your music is kind of cool. That is cool. And that's how a lot of those songs have blown up on TikTok. Like, a lot of songs have blown up on TikTok because of that. Nice. Yeah, speaking of uh, that, I've seen a uh, music trending on Spotify because it was on like TikTok. Which mm-hmm. is pretty wild. Do you have any um any music videos? I forgot to check that. Not for vamping. Um Mount Ivy has a few. Um I think we got like three or four actually for Mount Ivy. Nice. I gotta go All check up on those the, out. The tube. Very fun. If I had to recommend one. They're all pretty, pretty cool. My favorite one though is the Cherry Frosted House video. Um, is it a concert at eight oh six? I'm sorry. Oh, never mind. I found it. I I saw that the first video was a, a concert at eight oh six, but I kept scrolling. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Cherry Frosted House. That's the video I'd recommend. Our friend Daniel directed and filmed it. He was like, "Give me three hundred dollars to make you a video." And we were like, okay, cool. Nice. And then he took all the money that we gave him and put it into props for the video and didn't end up taking any money. He just like pulled a full on homie for us and like went to thrift stores and like things like that and bought all the red items that you see in that video. That's awesome. And uh, there was this, this girl that like let us borrow her house for him to film in and like replace some furniture and all those books and stuff. It's super cool. 
That is awesome. I'm looking uh at the video footage right now. It's uh, that's really cool. The little mm -hmm. uh orb over this lady's head. Yeah, and then he he hired part of the money went into hiring the model. I believe her name's Nina. I don't remember her last name, but she's a really cool, unique model. Yeah, this is a really dope video. That's awesome. It looks like it was shot really well. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he blew it. Like, we were all so blown away when we finally saw that video. Hell yeah, dude. That's what's up. And there's uh, it's like nine videos I just subscribed but you probably haven't Woo. uploaded a video They're... in three years, but still. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the channel may be dead forever. It's okay. I don't even know if I can log into it. But, yeah, I mean, watch them. Why not? It's art. It's there. Yeah, you got 82 subscribers. So, great work. Great work out there. Subscribe. You know? Like, follow. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'll do all the videos that i'm testing out all the heart uh crushing soul crushing things youtube things i'll just put it on the mount ivy channel <laughs> so people will be idea. like why does this guy have eight videos of him just saying like subscribe and comment <laughs> ring the bell ring ding ding very cool hey i forgot to mention it is uh christmas eve uh a Merry Eve of the Christmas to you. <laughs> Dude, Merry Eve of the Christmas <laughs> to you as well. Did you have to uh to work the work at AIG today? Oh yeah, you did, huh? I did. I did. Those bastards. Yeah. They give you tomorrow it was off. A short short day, I'm off tomorrow. That's cool. I had to work till twelve, so I feel your pain slightly. We're tied to the stock market. So the stock market was open um limited hours today, so we basically had to work those limited hours so it wasn't mm. super bad i've never paid attention to the stock market they probably don't close a lot not often um a lot of bank holidays they close mm. not all of them but a lot of them and then some random early closures like uh the day before independence day they close mm. early christmas eve is early new year's eve is early and i think that's I think that's it for like early closures. So in the event of another uh, recession, are they just going to be like, sorry guys, we're tied to the stock market. You're SOL. <laughs> Is that a thing? Maybe. Have they discussed that with you? They probably just probably don't mention it. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, they're like, uh, I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> yeah, guess that's fair. <laughs> And we'll let you know when the bridge is already burning. So, <laughs> oh yeah, you got any uh, any good uh, holiday plans? Uh, we're doing like just dropping some gifts off and um, eating some Mexican food. That's that's the play this year. Nice. Nothing crazy, really. Just dropping gifts off, like hi, bye, love you, Merry Christmas, yeah. kind of stuff. What about you? Yeah, basically the same thing. Um, my family's not really getting together like normal. So, um, yeah, I don't even know. I just know I'm going to not do anything tomorrow. Um, 
I am going to go to the liquor store today after this podcast. So you're a genius. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably follow suit. At least get some tall boys. Yeah. What, what, what type of tall boys you drink? Well, if you've seen my latest Twitter handle, you would know. Modelo Don. I should have known. <laughs> Modelo. That's a great if it's name. To, to, or imported Modelo yeah. for sure. How do you pronounce your Instagram handle? I should change it. I don't know. Now nah, I'm going to keep Grom the Rombi. Grom the Rombi. Okay. I I'll keep it. That's a fun, it's a fun thing. I don't know what it means, but I like it. It's, yeah, it's, it's a long story. Sort of. It all spawned from this, uh, for a while I got onto like shit posting on, uh, Craigslist. Hmm. Just like pretending to sell things and, that don't exist. No, I I got really deep into the uh, rants and raves community on Craigslist, uh, which is basically like a free for all. You can kind of post whatever you want there. It was like a more public 4chan kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I used to just like you know write stories and post them in there. I had some really good ones in Amarillo. The ground one was more specific to Austin, and I'll explain that. But the one here, I created this thing called Groggins. And they were like, uh, it was this mysterious disease that was making people turn zombie-esque, like undead-esque, mm. like really pale skin, like cravings for human human flesh. So I basically just said that there was like, Oh, where is that? Like, one of the trailer parks south of town, there was, like, this mysterious disease going around that was turning people into groggins. <laughs> it started shortly after John Harris announced his annual cruise. And I started drawing, like, some dots there. Like, uh, there may be some sort of connection between the John Harris cruise and the groggin phenomenon. It's just like shit posting, just like creating these fake stories. That's awesome. And uh, just getting the people of Amarillo worked up, just uh, making sure that the blood flow is still there, you know. That's a that's a level above uh, shit posting. That's of, a lot of creativity in there. Do it. So that's that's a level above shit posting. That's take some thought. It would make people mad more than anything. <laughs> I'd get like a lot of my posts like banned and stuff like. Because they won't, like, ban you, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But they would, like, remove the posts and stuff, like, if enough people reported it. So I get a lot of my posts reported, like, this is obviously fake. I don't know why you had to bring the John Harris Cruise into this. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? That's funny. But the Grom one was this whole thing um, about this fake religion that me and my friends came up with. And Grom was like the entity in this religion, and the the um, I guess you could say the mantra of the religion was "All roads lead to Walgreens." Wow! And we said that Grom was like a like personified version of this divine being that um, the personified version of this divine being was like a homeless guy outside of Walgreens 
And the reason that all roads lead to Walgreens is because almost anybody that you talk to that has a Walgreens near you knows that whether you want to or not, somehow your fates are going to take you to Walgreens. <laughs> That's very true. Like, so, uh, the, I guess that was the universal truth of the religion. Absolutely. Uh, lots of characters. So Grom could be um, any any homeless figure outside of a Walgreens, or is he is it like a specific like do you does he have some um identifying factors? He Yeah, so we just called him Grom the Rombai. Um and that was us trying to understand him. I wrote like a bunch of my friend Daniel and I wrote a bunch of like really loose, like vague uh interpretations of Grom to put in this Craigslist ad. Mm. And it was all just like super fluffy, like conspiracy theory esque kind of stuff. Like, you know how like some conspiracy theorists like go down the rabbit hole oh, and yeah. just like write some outlandish stuff. That's like so unbelievable that you're just like, yeah, no way. I like we that. just, tr- we just tried to do that. You're a, a science fiction writer and you didn't even do it on purpose. So it's, it's impressive. <laughs> I like science. Yeah. I always <laughs> liked science fiction growing up and just like, I guess that and shit, like shit posting put together maybe makes who I am. Maybe that's my DNA. That's awesome. Have you, are you familiar with the, uh, you brought up conspiracy theories, the Mandela effect? I am. Yeah. I've been wanting to just, uh, make up my own version just to see if it goes viral. Just like find any product. You're like the Nike swoosh used to go a different direction, right? Because I feel like you can say anything and somebody somewhere will be like, oh, that is true. Oh, yeah, that did. You could. (laughs) (laughs) It's that like becomes super scary to me because like that's kind of what a lot of media is these days. Mm -hmm. Because if so, let's take your Nike example. The swoosh used to go the other way. If you had the resources to create thousands of images and spam them onto the internet, like in mass, mm-hmm. and put that out there, you could totally create a hysteria around that, and oh. people would start picking up on it and then posting it themselves, mm-hmm. and then it would become more of a natural occurring like phenomenon of like people believing that so wholeheartedly. Absolutely, and that's when I create that chill it cult. becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I run for president. <laughs> then you run for president. Yep. Logical Psychology, next step. baby. Subscribe uh, to my YouTube. <laughs> Ring the bell. Now I feel like I could. I could like find like a legit thing. I. It won't be the Nike swoosh, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna think it over. It's gonna be a. Logo. You already let us in on that one. Yeah. So too soon for that. Um too late but anyway i feel like i could because it's really like you could name generally anything with the mandela effect and you can remember anything how you want to remember it so like you could say anything and somebody will be like yep he's right like it's it's foolproof Mm -hmm. it has to work i know it if it's said with enough confidence (laughs) and yeah i mean that's like going back to our cult conversation that's how cults start like people that are 
like not trying to say this in like a negative connotation, but more feeble minded than the person that starts the cult, mm-hmm. you know, like they're more directionless than the person that starts the cult. Yeah. And the person that starts the cult is so confident and steadfast in their beliefs mm-hmm. that they can sway like general population. That's why I drank herbal life shakes for three months. So <laughs> shout out. Yeah, herbal life. We're going <laughs> to, but now you're above that. Now we're starting the uh, what was it? Uh, chill cult. Yeah, chill cult. We're coming right out the gate. We're gonna be honest with what we are. You know, we're not gonna have some fancy. We're just the chill cult name. We're just yeah, just the chill cult. You know what we're about. We're here to uh, shit post, mm-hmm. create Mandela effects, new religions, generally chill, yeah. new religions, no weird stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no Herbalife, for sure. <laughs> Definitely not. No shakes whatsoever. <sighs> yeah, no shakes at all. Shakes are out. Yeah. Chills are on. Chills, chills mega to the max. Extra chill. <laughs> Omega chills. <laughs> <laughs> Omega chills. That's exciting. So when do you foresee um a sense of normalcy coming back to uh to our land as far as um you know just being able to perform being able to hang out at the bar and make out with your friends again when do you think do you think that's (laughs) that's gonna be a 2021 thing do you think that's gonna be you know several years down the road do you think it's a never again type scenario i don't think it's a never again type scenario um if I had to guess, which is going to be super funny, like years down the road mm-hmm. when I'm probably absolutely wrong. But if I had to guess, I think we'll start to see things return to normal, like towards the end of 2021. Um, but I'm unsure about the future of live music um, in the capacity that it was before, mm-hmm. just because of the effect that the pandemics had on like venues and, you know, promoters and people that really gave their all for live performance and music. Like it's going to be pretty hard for things to be the way that they were. So I think it's going to evolve in some capacity, but I couldn't say like for certain in what way. I just know a lot of venues are struggling and there's not a lot of legislation that's, helping those veneers for sure no i'm and even like if covid were to disappear completely and never be heard of again and i just saw like a music festival with ten thousand people you know i'd be like there's way too many people in that spot i'm not gonna go you know what I mean? like it's that, mm-hmm. that, that paranoia isn't gonna go away um not for me at least for a while like i'm still gonna avoid large crowds just off, mm-hmm. of, off of instinct um so i don't know i mean i i would i would love to go to a concert though so i kind of just contradicted myself because i mean if there was a really cool concert i would absolutely want to go but i don't know i don't know how close i how comfortable i would be like if there was like a you know some sort of mosh pit forming towards the towards the stage <laughs> yeah. i'd probably be in the back yeah <laughs> yeah I'd be, same here 
if I'm not on the stage, I'd be like probably in the back. Yeah. I kind of think that may be a thing too for a lot of people, like their thought processes in regards to like germs and things has probably changed over the course of the pandemic to yeah. where it may just be super weird to be in public with a crowd yeah, when I that happens like, again. I'm just more hyper aware. Like the big worry, mm-hmm. it wasn't even a big worry, but something that would cross my mind would just be like, oh man, I hope, you know, someone doesn't just pull out a gun and go crazy in this large crowd. But now it's just like, oh man, I'm afraid of just this large crowd. Like, <laughs> I'm not even afraid of violence. True. Just people breathing. True. <laughs> That's so true, man. Yeah. I am more hyper aware, like, now I'm just thinking back and it's like I have a photographic memory of all the times that like somebody was sick at work and I just didn't think about it mm-hmm. or like I was just so used to it. Like, Oh, that dude's got strep. Like I should definitely wash my hands and like probably avoid them for the rest of the day. But that's about as much thought as I would give it. Yeah. And I'd be like, dude, get, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Now, like if, if I see, I was working at Starbucks briefly, um, earlier this year and there was mm-hmm. a lady there uh she wor- she was a co-worker and she just kept coughing and she wasn't covering her mouth and i would just i felt like personally attacked like i wanted to fight her <laughs> <laughs> like i was so upset but norm i mean i i don't like when people don't cover their mouth like when they cough or sneeze but i wouldn't have been as mad about it like pre-2020 it- yeah, like, it was general you're a, irritation, you're but gross. not like anything that you would act on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It is a thing now. Now, I, yeah, now we're all germaphobes. Cooties are real. Yeah. Cooties are cooties out there. Cooties are real. Cootie life. Uh, right. Well, we are generally in a good uh, wrapping up stage. No, we're not. I have one more question before we go to the wrap-up questions. Do it awesome okay so spotify you mentioned uh i'm gonna keep going back (laughs) to that one summary uh you said the delphonics were playing uh Mm -hmm. which is a band i love that's awesome and then there was another band let me look i think it's the order new order new order and um, i just checked them out yesterday they sound really cool i like those guys um what are some some other influences uh that you can mention that kind of uh i don't know if necessarily shaped um the way you make music um but just just some music that you feel like uh has has taken a part in um in what you do sure um is that a weird question let's see did i word that right no (laughs) yeah i'm with you okay uh so absolutely the two you mentioned are a big two new order um just stylistically i really love everything they do um i thought that they kind of made their own sound in a way that broke away even though there were a lot of bands that kind of went for a sound similar i feel like they always stood out to me mm-hmm. in the 80s um delphonics absolutely uh taylor actually got me super into soul music and motown Motown's and so amazing. I've, I've all I've been really into Motown and Soul. So, but Delphonics is just my favorite. I just love everything they do. Um, 
Let's see. Fleetwood Mac for sure. If, nice. Like I'm I'm that dude that was like um you know, I was there before Fleetwood Mac was in the cranberry juice thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've they've just recently like gotten big again because of like social media. TikTok, man. Yeah, but they've I mean they have, they make a lot of great music. I think everyone everyone just knows that one. That one song from Dream. yeah, the Cranberry. Dreams. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which Dreams, to be fair, Dreams was the first song I heard from Fleetwood Mac um, on vinyl. Like, one of the earlier vinyl I ever heard. And, like, instantly I was in love with that song. Mm-hmm. And then I just went down the complete rabbit hole of all of their music. And I honestly don't think they put out a bad song ever. And so that to have such longevity in a, as a band and to put out bangers every time is super inspiring to me. Like I've always, like I can definitely admire any band that's able to do that. Absolutely. Because it's hard not to write a couple stinkers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every once in a while. Um, but I those. think everything they put out <laughs> there was great. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then aside from that, like from a storytelling kind of songwriter, I would say check out, uh, Margo and the nuclear so-and-sos or Richard Edwards. Nice. Um, I will look up both of those. You know those? No, I haven't heard of either one of them. Check them out. Um, that that band particularly uh is the brainchild of richard edwards and then margo and the nuclear senses was like so think of this margo and the nuclear senses was his mount ivy and then uh richard edwards solo project was just like his bamping nice. to relate to the what we talked about on the podcast beautiful but his like the way he writes and the things he talks about were the things that made me more comfortable in a more vulnerable state of my life to be more honest mm-hmm. in music and more honest with the things that I think about in general, like things that I put out there, like made me feel okay to speak my mind, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. So, so I'd say those, those would probably be the four that kind of shaped, shaped or influenced me and, one way or another, maybe not stylistically, but there's certainly like perception of music and like um, aspirations in music, I guess you could say. That's what's up, man. I love, I love uh, finding new music, so I'm going to have a good time. Uh, <laughs> let me think of what album to recommend. What's, what's your typical listening experience? Like, what do you like to listen to? Uh, like um like genres or what do you, you sure like uh if you pulled up your most listened to songs recently what would what would we find hmm. i've been uh i've been deep into uh kanye west uh life of pablo has been a okay. has been a big one for me also yeezus um listen to kid cuddy's album a lot recently i've been listening to a lot of hip-hop recently Gotcha. And also, I went back and listened to uh, the 
album Iowa by Slipknot, and I was jamming that yesterday. So okay. Okay. A lot, a lot of things that aren't connected, but make sense in my brain, you know. <laughs> sure. Marco's a weird band. They went through a lot of phases. So their earlier stuff was more like what we'd call just like straight indie rock. Mm-hmm. And then by their third album, they did like basically a grunge album. Um, and then one album was more acoustic driven and things like that. So there's kind of different flavors for everybody nice. with Margot. What's the uh, grunge like album in- called? What's the what? The grunge album. Uh, Buzzard. Nice. I'll start there. Start there. There's some good lines on that one too. Um, you you really should pull up if you get a chance. Just pull up the lyrics while you're listening to a song, mm-hmm. and just like kind of soak it in. Which is super funny for me to say because I like love so many songs, and there's very few songs that i've like started listening to recently that i know all the lyrics to or anything like that because i'm more of like i listen to music first and then if i like the music i start to listen to the lyrics Mm -hmm. um obviously the singer has to fit my taste too but i listen to the singing more as an instrument before i start taking in the lyrics generally um but yeah check out buzzard read the lyrics there's some super funny lines nice uh lots of good stuff it's not i don't think it's supposed to be funny it's just supposed to be kind of shocking mm-hmm. some of the lines so that's beautiful i'll check it out fun Please. stuff all right if you could uh make one sound effect for 2020 what would it be Ooh, probably just uh just an oof Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oh, with an F. I like that. Oof. Oof. Not bad. Like, uh, what game was that? Street like, Fighter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sums it up. Sums it you up. Can, you can, uh excessively spam that noise from street fighter at the Mm. end of this (laughs) yeah when you don't know how to play and someone's just punching you repeatedly in the chest yeah yeah (laughs) how do you block just 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 do it in post absolutely awesome Uh, man if you could uh take a time machine to any point in your life give yourself advice uh, where would you go and what would you tell yourself? Hmm. That's, that's an excellent question. I'd probably, I'd probably go back to my 15 year old self that I was telling you about that was tone deaf mm-hmm. and tell myself that I was definitely tone deaf and just try to feel the fire a little bit more, but also tell myself to stick with it. Nice. But you did stick with it, right? I did stick with it, but I think if I heard that maybe it was good, Mm -hmm. it would make me, it would have made me go even harder when I was younger and spend more time doing it in my early, like, adulthood. Yeah, some more uh, confidence. Because I'm super old. 
<laughs> I can see early you, adulthood. I forgot, I forgot no. to ask how old you were. Are you my <laughs> I'm age? 20, I'm 28. I'm pretty close to oh, your okay. age. Oh, okay. 28. Nice. No, I just got a goof off, you know. Did you graduate uh, from Amarillo? I didn't. I graduated from Canyon. Canyon what? High School. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. We were at we were at Canyon High School at the same time then. More than likely. What? So you graduated 2012? Yeah. Weird, man. Yeah. I had no idea. 20, <laughs> 2010. I definitely uh, saw you in the hallways. Yeah, you probably did. Uh, senior year, you would have known me as the sweatpants guy. If you ever saw a dude that wore sweatpants every single day, that was your boy. No, I'm sure you weren't the only one, you know. I, I mean, I literally mean every day. Like, I had five pairs of sweatpants. Were you the guy with the, the mullet who smelled like french fries? <laughs> no, I didn't smell. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. I can't claim that honor. That's funny. No, I really, I didn't talk I may have to had a ga- lot. Gamer of, gunk. I knew very few upperclassmen because I was afraid to talk to them. Who were? I was weird in high school. Who were your homies in high school? Hmm. Let me Maybe see. Maybe I knew some of your homies. Um, Diego Dominguez was in my grade. Do you want me to name older guys that I knew? Uh, um, sure. I'm trying to think. My in my class, uh, Isaac Williams, still a homie. Um, let me think. All the older guys I knew were basically like uh, because of sports. I knew this dude named mm-hmm. named Blaze who seemed really cool. Um, I think oh, he Blaze Bubble. Yeah, was Bola. he was he in your grade? He was a grade above me. Mm. Yeah, I knew his sister better than I knew him, Madison. Oh. Right? Oh no, wait! I thought you meant Avery. Or um, Avery? Yeah, never mind. I'm tripping. Avery. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was good friends with Avery in high school. I haven't talked to her in a long time, but she was a grade below me. Um, so yeah, hung out with, with her group of friends my senior year. They were chill. Um. Nice. Do you remember the math hallway always smelling like shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, there was some <laughs> kind of like sewage issue there. Or it was like the bathroom. There was something wrong with the bathroom. Yeah. Weird times. Like, people were dropping mega dumpies up there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Like maybe at one point it was a hidden oasis where people would go to take their their secret poos. Secret poos. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. after a while, everyone realized that that was the spot, and mm-hmm. then it, you know, just became a dump truck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My sophomore year, you were a senior. Try to think of. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any names right now. <laughs> so you may have known my sister for a short spell uh her name was Mackenzie adams Mackenzie adams was she in my grade that sounds familiar that sounds like a name i know she's she's wait let me think i'm 28 holy crap is my sister 26 now yeah, that's freaking nuts. <laughs> yeah, she would have been in your grade, but I don't think she didn't finish school in Canyon. Um, 
Mm. Who knows? No, I don't think I know her. Okay. Did you just go there for high school? No, I was there uh, since like fourth grade. So I was I was in that I was deep in there. Um, I had another sister that went to school in Kenya named Skylar Adams. Really quiet. Skylar Adams. Yeah, I feel like I know that one too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe these are just common names. Yeah. I'm just it's like the Mandela effect. True. Yeah. Like our last name is very, very like <laughs> generic. Oh no, I knew Skylar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had speech class yeah. with her. I remember now. Okay. I remember she said uh, she had lived in Nacogdoches. <laughs> I don't know why that's. I remember her giving a speech and talking about Nacogdoches, because that's the, that word just. Stuck so that's out kind to of me. funny. Yeah. That that city has always stuck out in my head too. Yeah. Certain things just stick with you. That's the one thing I remember is her giving a speech. <laughs> But yeah, I remember um, her boyfriend. I'm looking at her Facebook, so yeah, the guy she's uh, still currently <laughs> in a relationship with. He was he was there in high school too. I see. Ooh, maybe different Skylar Adams then. Oh really? Yeah, it's a different one. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah, completely different one. I don't even know if my. I don't think she's on Facebook. Mm, okay. Was, she used to be, but I don't think she is anymore. Yeah, a different sky. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that there were two around the same age. That is crazy. Yep. Like you. So. Mm. Well, sweet, dude. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. I got uh, three more wrap-up questions. What was the next one? Go for it. All right. So, if you can make everyone in the world do something for 30 days, um, everyone in the world has to do Whatever you tell them to do for 30 days straight, regardless of what it is, what would it be? Mm. Everyone has to do whatever I say mm-hmm. in action for yes. 30 days. Yes. Yeah. I'd probably say. Hmm. probably go the route of pick somebody or a group of people that you have a negative opinion of and spend 30 days with them Mm -hmm. but don't speak just listen to what they have to say whoa i like that i like that last detail i'd say just find out you know obviously when you first meet up with them, the whole purpose is to get to know more about somebody that you think you have a negative opinion of mm-hmm. or a group of people that you think you have a negative opinion of. And I think taking away their ability to speak the whole time and debate would give them more time to think deeply on themselves yes. and reflect on what's being said to them. So I think that would generally make the world a better place if more people would do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that would be my move. I think something to try to make the world a better place would be the best way to go with that question. Be a quiet observer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that answer. 
I thought it was going to be a hard question, but that wasn't too bad, really. Yeah, not too bad. Can you remember a time that you laughed the hardest? Hmm. Time that I laughed the hardest. Yes. Man, that's actually a tough question. I have had some some butt gusters mm-hmm. in my life. <laughs> butt gut busters in my I like butt, <laughs> some gusters. butt gusters in my life, dude. That's a funny moment. Yeah, I'm just sticking with butt gusters. <laughs> I mean, I suppose if you're you're busting your gut, you might also gust your butt. Mm-hmm. You have to naturally. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Generally, I like to laugh a lot, so I've had a lot of those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm a simple dude. We used to have this friend that in our friend group, like post high school, like right after high school, that we would kind of pick on. Because he was just a really good butt end of jokes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tried to do something and he totally like crapped his pants. And we died because he <laughs> he didn't try to hide it all. He just told us like, hey, dude, I just like shit myself. And I'm pretty sure we all laughed for like a straight hour about it. Nice. So <laughs> I'm very simple in that way. Was he able to, to go change right away or did he have to like wait? And let it, let it sit. <laughs> so we were, we were in the car. So we, <laughs> we all felt the secondhand effect of that, which also added to the comedy of it. Oh man! Um, but basically, we had to turn around and drive 15 minutes to his house so that he could change his pants and his underwear and clean himself up. Nice. <laughs> so it was even more funny. Yeah, I've I've uh pooped myself a couple times but uh never in a capacity of everyone knowing so <laughs> i mean God. i i think he's got <laughs> great courage to be able to just full-on admit that it happened yeah so i commend him for that and it was hilarious absolutely takes a takes some balls you know Mm-hmm. impressive all right final question what do you think happens when you die? Ooh. What do I think happens? Yes. <sighs> I guess I'll have to break from my fake religion and give a, an honest answer about this. Grom visits you hmm. in the night. <laughs> Grom visits you in a dream. He takes you to Walgreens. You walk out the door for the last time. Uh, <laughs> take one breath of the the night air before being whisked into the ether. Uh, no, I honestly think. Mm, I don't know. So I don't really have a religion myself, mm-hmm. but I think it has something to do with energy recycling. I think your energy goes into other things. And you go back into the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could be totally wrong. I could be a nutcase, but it doesn't matter. It just makes sense to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. All the synchronicities of life, things that happen, the circle of life, things like that, 
just the fact that when you die, you go into the ground and organisms are able to consume your nutrients Mm -hmm. and grow and create new energy. It just makes me think that that could be a possibility. So So, could be wrong. And the, the, the concept of, uh, you know, a tree growing because of your decomposing body is that, is that energy? Is that, uh, uh, good assumption. Could be that energy. You may, you know, I like to think that there's balance and things too. So maybe only a portion of that energy is consumed to create a tree and the rest of it goes back out to be recycled for something else. Maybe another, uh, sentient being, maybe like, mm. I don't know, maybe a being that's not sentient. I see. So maybe like a, uh, a form of of reincarnation, but it's not like a uh, the soul is aware. So, right. I think it's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, definitely like a type of reincarnation, but more so like the soul's not aware. Yeah, you wrap that up perfectly. Yes, and that is the religion of Grom at Walgreens. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, man. You got it. You already get it. Welcome to the, uh, you know, welcome to Walgreens. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Um, I don't think we've ever uh, formally met in person, but uh, good yeah. talking with you. Um, I've been a fan of your music for years. I like what you're doing. I'm excited. Um, anything coming out in the future. So, yeah, have a, have a good uh, rest of 2020 get vaccinated um (laughs) conquer the world thanks matt thanks so much for having me on and uh really love what you're doing with the podcast haven't personally got to see you do your comedy but i'm hoping to see some of that in the future but maybe some sketch stuff on tiktok in the near future yeah we'll look look (laughs) into some sketches some mandela effect um yes some fake mailman stuff Uh, i might kidnap a person we'll see what happens you know Let's see what happens, man. <laughs> Have a Merry Christmas. You too, man. <clears throat> I just lost my voice. Okay, you too, man. Have a great day. <laughs> Later. Later.